Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. I just want to say I love this church so much. It's a great church. And uh, what makes a great church is not a building. It's not the programs. It's not the incredible worship we have. all, All those things are good. But what makes a church great is the people. And uh, man, I love, I love the people of Canvas Church. I love, um, last week um, I was fighting and probably still am fighting a little bit of a, of a throat thing. Anybody else fighting that thing right now? Or am I the only, yeah, fighting that. And I, I'll be honest with this second, first service wasn't too bad. The second service I struggled through. Um, I'm pretty sure I infected everybody that was in the service. You're welcome. I'm building your immune system. It's my job as a pastor to build you up physically, spirit. okay. Um, but today, I've had people running up to me, giving me cough drops and everything. I mean, I want to say that because that's such a thoughtful church. Like, people thought about me this week that they would bring cough drops and bring sore throat things. And um, thank you. Thank you. As a matter of fact, um, this week, uh, someone dropped off tea for me at the offices. Thank you. You guys are incredible. I love this church. Um, w- one of the ways we express our love to our church um, is our ministry team Christmas party. And if you're a part of the ministry team and you've been a part of our ministry team for a while, you know. Um, how many of you guys love our Christmas party? Yeah. <clears throat> you should probably cheer louder than that so the people that aren't on the ministry team yet would want to be. How many of you guys love our Christmas party? That's better. All right. Um, and honestly, it's an incredible time. It's tomorrow night. And it's for all of those who have been serving over the last year, and if you've been on the team longer than that, but uh, who have been serving or even serving in the last month, you're on the ministry team. And here's the thing that we do. Like, we don't want it just to be a fun time. We, we want fun. How many of you guys like having fun? A few of you. We like having fun. We get together. We have fun. We got a DJ coming out. There's going to be dancing in the courtyard. We got prizes we're going to give away. We got food. Uh, we got a beverage station. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but um, last year we did something because we didn't want it just to be a fun time. We wanted it to be a meaningful and memorable time. And so this year we've flown in uh, some prophetic voices And uh, we've got some local prophetic voices that are coming. And similar to what we did last year. But the reason we do that is because we believe in the value of investing in all of those that serve in the house. And so tomorrow night, if you're on the ministry team, you do not want to miss tomorrow night. It's going to be great food. It's going to be great fellowship. But most importantly, um, there are four prophetic voices that are going to be here. They're going to prophesy over you, pray over you, love on you. And it's going to be an incredible time. Now, if you're here and you're listening to this and you're like, Bummer, I'm not on the ministry team. Yep, too bad. No, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> if, if you're not on the ministry team, if you want to join the ministry team, uh, just come see me personally after the service. We'll talk. If you want to join the ministry team, you want to be a part, maybe you've been thinking about it for a while, or maybe you've been like, well, where, where do I fit? Um, is there a place for me? Uh, or maybe you just got this question like, what is the ministry team all about? It's all those people that serve. Come see me after the service. Love to talk with you. Love to get you plugged in. But if you're on the ministry and you have an RSVP, you need to do so. It's awesome. Uh, speaking of ministry, uh, yesterday we had an incredible men's meeting yesterday. I mean, how, how, many, guys, how many of the dudes were here? <clears throat> okay, like not even all of you, but there were like 50 dudes here, and uh, we had such a great time. Uh, we had all-you-could-eat tacos. Come on, if that doesn't bring anybody, I don't know what does. Like it was all-you-could-eat tacos, amazing tacos. Um, had a great time. We had testimonies being shared by people in the church. We had worship. Um, we had giveaways. We had prizes, and uh, we had a free-throw competition. 
Now, I probably should have had him pull up a picture because I want you to know your pastor won the free throw competition. That's all I want, all right? I won, me and Ross won the free throw competition. And I got, I got to be honest with you, there wasn't much competition. I'm just saying. Um, it was kind of like me and Ross could have just been like this and we would have won. But whatever. Um, so that was fun. But um, we have our men's ministry on the first. <laughs> we have our men's ministry. You weren't even there. We have our men's ministry. Um, you'd be much more lovable if you came to the men's gathering. But <clears throat> I love our church. Um, men's ministry, the first uh, Saturday of every month, this has been going awesome. Our, our, our prayer is that we're going to triple that men's ministry in 2024. And uh, I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Great things happen in our church. And the year isn't over yet. Come on, we got, we got what, four Sundays, three of them together this Sunday, the 10th, the 17th. Actually, four, 24th. Yeah, we got four more together. And, uh, and I want you to take every opportunity to dive into the presence of God we gather together. Um, and we've been seeing miracles take place. We've been seeing bodies healed. We've been seeing cancers healed. We've been seeing people getting prayed for that were unable to have children have children. Uh, we've been seeing breakthrough in people's lives. We've been seeing people that are far from God. Uh, families praying for their children that have not been serving Christ, come to Christ and get baptized. And um, we've been seeing incredible things. <clears throat> and if you're here and you're like, man, I haven't seen that yet. Come on, you got four more Sundays. And uh, let's believe, let's dive in, let's press in, let's not be like, well, maybe next year. No, next year ain't here, but this year still is. And let's believe that in this season, the Christmas season, that God's not done with us, God's not done with you. The best is yet to come for 2024. Do you believe that? And so today, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're continuing our series, the Soapbox series, in which we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. This is the greatest message ever preached in the history of the world, because it was preached by Jesus. And it's uh, notably probably the, grace, the greatest content that Jesus preached to a large gathering as he lays out what it looks like to be a part of, of his kingdom. What it looks like to be a part uh, when the presence of God invades a person's heart. Uh, again, this, he's not talking about things that you need to measure up to. He's, he, it's, it's mostly he's saying, hey, look, if this is the way you're living life, then, this is, then you're a part of the kingdom. If this is the way you're walking out this thing, then you're a part of, of the kingdom. Because when the presence of God invades your life, ultimately your life is transformed. We find ourselves in the last few verses of Matthew chapter 5. We've been going for about 9, 10 weeks. We're wrapping up chapter 5. And we're going to continue through this uh, during the holiday season. And then we'll pick it up again in the new year. Because we're going to hit all three chapters. And 6 and 7 are next. But as we wrap it up today um, with Matthew chapter 5, verses 42 through 48, I just want to kind of set the tone right now. Um, this to me has, has been one of the most challenging messages in the series. Now, this is just me personally. Now, you haven't heard it yet. You're about to hear it. But for me, I've been wrestling with it for weeks and looking at this passage and wrestling with it internally, wrestling with it, um, to be honest with you, it's probably... Uh, the one that I have the hardest time with. Um, and so here's what I want you to do, man, because some of it's so raw. Some of it was still coming to me this morning um, because I've been wrestling with it that much. Um, so I just want you to open up your heart and just receive and hear what God has to say to you today in this message. And, and maybe you've heard Matthew chapter 5, verses 42 through 48 before, uh, but maybe just, maybe just filter that out for a moment and, and just lean in and hear it from maybe a new perspective. 
uh, a fresh perspective or maybe it will validate a way you've heard it before. Matthew chapter five, verses 42, uh, actually 43 through 48. Again, Jesus is teaching a large crowd. He's teaching both his disciples, those are his devout followers, and he's teaching those that are, that, that are there just checking this thing out. Um, they've heard about Jesus, they heard about his teachings, they heard about some miracles, whatever it is, and now people are drawn to him. And at the beginning of chapter 5, it makes it very clear that there is a multitude, there's a large gathering of people there. And so Jesus positions himself on this mountainside so that he can be heard as he teaches. And we now find ourselves in the last antithesis or contrast that Jesus presents. Jesus is presenting, hey, the law says this, but I, Jesus, say this. And when Jesus says that, he's not just saying something, he's actually doing something. He's elevating himself above the law of Moses, which to them was controversial in and of itself because they looked to the law of Moses, they lived by the law of Moses, yeah, that, that, that Jesus, as he does this, is saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm higher than that. I'm better than that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, I want just to pause right there because if you were to go back and look through the scripture and even look through other writers uh, from the uh, from the Jewish nation, you would never find a law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The first part is there. The first part is true. There's a law. All right, we're going to talk about this. Hey, you got to love your neighbor. But then he says this, and hate your enemy. What is taking place here? Because if you look back, it's, it's never stated. What's taking place here is this, is that Jesus is referencing the fact that they have added something to his law. Nowhere in Scripture did, did, was there a law that says, hey, I want you to love your neighbor and it's okay if you hate somebody else. But they have made this a part of who they were. They have made this a part of their customs. They are now living this thing out. Some theologians believe that Jesus was actually making a jab at them and actually like, you know, like, like sliding them because they probably knew deep down inside that that wasn't a part of it. The part was, hey, you got to love, love your neighbor. But listen to what Jesus says then. But I, Jesus, here he is elevating himself. But I, Jesus, say, love your enemies in context. And then he says this, pray for those who persecute you. In context for his listeners, whether they were his followers or not, they would have heard it through this filter. Love my neighbor is to love other Jews. To hate my enemy is to hate Rome. Okay, are you with me? So in their context, they were thinking through this filter, okay, I love my fellow Jews, but I hate the Romans who are persecuting us. Okay? But Jesus says this, I want you to love your enemies. Wait a second. This is completely radical to them. And when it says, pray for those who persecute you, it's actually referencing the enemies he just talked about. So I want you to, not only do I want you to love, I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. 
For he gives us his sunlight to both the evil and the good. So it, it, like, like everything he extends, it's there for both. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Verse 46. <clears throat> if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? If you only love your fellow Jews, what, what reward is there in that? I want you to love those that are persecuted. I want you to love those that are mistreating you. I want you to love those that have hurt you. I want you to love those people. Because if you only love people when they're lovable, what reward is there in that? How many guys would say it's easy to love people when they're lovable? Yeah, right? Now just for a moment, think about the most unlovable person you've ever met in your life. Why did some of you just look at your spouse? That is weird. I saw that. I saw, I, this is what I saw. I'm like, we'll pray for marriages after this, okay? Like, no, not a problem. We'll pray for you. We got counselors. We'll, we'll help you out, all right? Man, Lord, help our church. But, but what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. Now, just so you understand this, to be called a tax collector was be, like to be called one of the worst things on the planet at the time. Like people despised tax collectors. They, they do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, listen to this now, how are you different from anyone else? You see what Jesus is doing here? <clears throat> He's, he's presenting a radically different way of life. If, if, if you do that, how are you going to be distinguished? How are you going to look different from the rest of the world? The rest of the world does that. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, sometimes the world treats people better than the church does. Well, I need to say, hold on. I, I, no, what needs to distinguish you is the fact that you love your enemies. Verse 48, listen to this. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What? If this, if this was where the sermon ended, this is where Jesus would grab the mic. Right? Like, I'm out. What is he saying here? We're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about love your enemies. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Uh, Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together in this place, that, Lord, you would take these few short verses and you would cause them to come alive to us. And, God, in our context and in our, 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 our reality. Um, though it's one thing for us to understand it from their perspective. God, it's another thing for us to bring it into our context and our perspective. And so, God, I pray you'd help me do that today and that we would walk out of here wrestling with this message, wrestling in our heart, knowing that there's those that, God, we, we're having issues with and that we would learn today what this scripture means for us, for them. So, God, I pray you'd help me now in this place, create an environment for people to discover your son, Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the awesome plan you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, we have something that we do in our family. It's never really been discussed. 
Um, it's just kind of unintentional, um, but I actually like it. And uh, sometimes it leads to some, some uh, family heated discussions. You ever had those before? I don't just mean marriage, I mean like some family discussions. And one of the things we do is we call each other out on things. Anybody else do that in the family? We call each other out on things. And it's not like, you know, like necessarily big sins and big things. It's, it's really what it is. And this is what I recognize it the most. And I'm probably the one that started it. And I get called out on it quite a bit. Uh, but it's things like this. When I walk into the kitchen and I haven't been there all day. And yet the, there's dishes everywhere. Does anybody have that problem at their house? Okay, a few of you know what I'm talking about. All right, a few of you are covering your family members and not raising your hand. I get it, all right? But a few of you know what I'm talking about. Like, I haven't even been, like, I've touched no dishes today. Like, I left the house, I went to Starbucks, got my coffee, got my pastry, went to the office. You can verify, it's in my garbage can still, right? Like, and I come home, and I'm like, dear Jesus, how many people were here today? And there could be one person, but there could be 400 di dirty dishes. Are you with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You feel my pain? And I'm just like, what in the, how many friends did you have over today? It's like every sip of water, you grabbed a new glass, right? Like, I mean, like, like three coffee cups, and actually there's three for the hot coffee and three for the iced coffee, so there's six, you know what I mean? And then you decided to have tea. I mean, there's just dishes everywhere. And I walk in, and I'm like, what is good? The, 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 it's dirty in here. And I make a statement like this. You never do the dishes. And, and like, and there's a pause, and they're like, never? Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, or they make the statement like, you always say that. You always act like that. You always do that. You never clean your room. You never appreciate and we make these statements that are just so bold and so big. And like, and in our family, we call it out. And we're like, never? Really? Like, I've never done one dish in my life. And I'm like, well, it kind of feels like it. But. <laughs> but we call each other out. And here's why we call each other out. Because it's not true. Because it's not true. But here's the problem. If we don't call each other out, that which is not true, said long enough, seems to be true. Are you with me? If we don't call each other out, that which isn't true. Listen to me. How many of you have been sitting uh, somewhere and you heard something and it sounds so biblical you think it's a Bible verse? And then you go and try to find that Bible verse. You can't find the Bible verse. And so then you're texting your friends, hey, where's that verse about? And someone's finally like, that isn't a verse. Am I the only one that's done that and I'm a pastor? I'm texting my, my board, hey, guys, I can't find this verse. And the they're like, that's because it ain't a verse. I'm like, I should probably read my Bible more, you know. If we're not careful, things get added. And Jesus here is calling out an added statement to the law. He's calling it out. And, and listen. This isn't something that was just happening then. It's not just something that happens now. This has been happening since Genesis, the very beginning. When, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, hey, you can eat of all the fruit except for what? The fruit, the tree of life, or the knowledge of good and evil. Right? Don't eat of that one. And, and so they don't touch it. They don't, they don't eat it. And all of a sudden, the, the serpent comes along and challenges them. And like, hey, why aren't you eating that one? And what does Eve do? Eve adds to it. Well, he said that we can't eat it or even touch it. What does Eve do? Eve adds to 
the statements of God. Okay? And because of that, it leads to so many other problems. Jesus is calling out the fact that, hey, you were told to, to love people, love your neighbor, which is anybody in this context, but you added, hate your enemy. Hate your enemy. And I just want you to know that if we're not careful and all we do is come to church on a Sunday and sit and listen to the sermons without reading our Bible, you could take things that I'm saying in this moment as scripture and be like, well, yeah, there's a scripture that says, no dirty dishes. And, you know, <laughs> where is that verse? You're quoting it to your children. Thou shalt wash thy dishes. <clears throat> and they're like, where's that at? We start adding to stuff. And that's what's taking place. They've added. Matter of fact, it's not just this idea. Uh, Jesus uses this idea of love. In just a moment, we're going to see it to break everything down. Uh, but today, <clears throat> they have now 613 laws they have to live by. Not because God gave them that many laws, but because they just kept adding to and adding to and adding to and adding to. And the reason they do that is because they're just like us, is that we would rather have a gospel that benefits us rather than transforms us. And so we add things in so that we can be benefited. When, when, when Christ didn't die for your benefit, he died for your transformation. And he's looking at, well, hey, look, for you to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, that benefits you. But it's wrong. It doesn't transform you, and nor does it transform anyone else. And so Jesus goes straight forward, and he goes after his followers because he wants them to know his heart. And he wants them to know his, his ways. I want you to love your enemy. What is he doing? He's bringing it back to the basics. <clears throat> He's cutting through all of the things they have added to, and, and you and I do it as well. And he's saying, can I just boil it down to this? Love. Matter of fact, later in Luke chapter 22, Jesus is questioned by some religious leaders about what is the greatest law. And here's, 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 here's that statement. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to the very next, next verse. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is looking at them and saying, man, you've added so much and has led you astray and your life isn't being transformed. You're, you're living a false gospel. You're living a false narrative. You're not living according to what I have designed and what I have desired. So I'm going to bring you back to the basics. Here it is. Love me and love your neighbor. And let me just, let me just express to you what it means, who is your neighbor? Your enemy is your neighbor also. Love them. Love them. In doing so, you're actually being my children. Isn't that what the scripture says? In, in doing that, you're actually 
being my children. This is not only a mind-blowing concept for them, but let's be honest, it is for us as well. I know it has been for me all week <coughs> as I've been reading it, as I've been studying it. I, I literally had a hard time putting notes together, if I'm just honest. I was up till 11 o'clock last night. I was up again at 5 this morning. I'm just, I'm struggling with it. I was like, can we just, like, can we just go to chapter 6? Could I have somebody else preach this one? You're laughing, but I'm being serious. I, like, out of everything we've talked about so far in this series, this is the one I struggle with the most. Me personally, as your pastor, I struggle with this one. Because I like to read it this way. Love your neighbor and tolerate your enemies. Because if I'm honest, that's what we really do. That's what we really do. Like I'll love my neighbor and I'll, I'll, I'll find, I'll suck it up and I'll get along with those who have hurt me, mistreated me, abused me, talk bad about me. Or what I'll do is I'll just defriend them on all my social media And I'll just avoid them. Is this, is this too real? I'll just avoid them. I won't invite that, that family member over to any family functions anymore. That's just my example in real time. I'll, 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 I'll tolerate them. But, 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 but Jesus didn't say, I want you to tolerate them. He, he, he took it so much further than that. He said, I want you to agape them. He, if, you, if you understand scripture and you understand Bible, there's, there's three different levels of love in scripture and a different, a different Greek or Hebrew word is used for each one. The highest one though is the agape. And so Jesus says here, I want you to take the highest form of love and the one that you can't stand, the one that is persecuting you, the one that you want to retaliate against, the one that you just want to completely get out of your life, that they've hurt you, they've said things about you, they've lied about you, I want you to agape them. And if you can do that, then you're my children. getting quiet in church. I want you to, I want you to, to love, to love them. Wow. Because then he makes this statement. He says, I want you to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Okay, first and foremost, he just set a standard that we can never achieve by ourselves. This goes back to chapter 5, verse 20 in one of our other messages where it says, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of these people, man, you're not going to enter the kingdom. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying their righteousness is based on what they can do by achieving the law, living up to these 613 commands that they've developed. But it's not about an outward thing. It's about an inward transformation 
And so unless your righteousness comes from him, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. So he sets the standard. He says, unless, unless you're, you're perfect, like, wow. But in context, what is he saying? He's saying this. If you can love like that, you're becoming perfect like him. If, if you can agape those that are persecuting you, that are your enemy, man, this is radically different. And Jesus, here's the thing, though. Jesus doesn't just say this. Jesus lives this. Jesus, listen, that's why we got to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the firstborn among many brethren. We look to him. We find, we find life in him. We find hope in him. We find example in him. And so Jesus just doesn't make this statement. Jesus actually models it for us. And he actually, he actually models for Luke 23, 24. When he's hanging on the cross, having been beaten, having been betrayed, having had a crown of thorns put on his head, having had a, a spear put in his side, he, he makes this statement. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. What, what is Jesus doing? He's modeling what he preached about on the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Pray for those who are persecuting you. And Jesus, in his greatest moment of persecution, lives an example for us. Father, so much so that in the book of Acts, when a guy named Stephen is being stoned to death, that Stephen uses that example of Jesus, and as he's dying, utters a similar prayer. Father, forgive him. Father, forgive him. Pray for those who, this is radically different. Something that they had never seen, and let's be honest, something that we probably find challenging to do today, don't we? Because I want you to agape them. The highest, the highest form of love. Let's just, just, just practically talk about that for a moment. What does that look like? What does that mean? Because again, I think that we, we try to be good Christians, don't we? And so we'll put up with people. Maybe, 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 maybe we draw the line and we won't retaliate against them, right? Because we talked about revenge last week. I won't, I won't seek out revenge. And so that's me doing my part. They've hurt me, mistreated me, lied about me. And you know what? I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll be the bigger person. Hey, look, it's not about being the bigger person. It's about being the godly person. But I'll be the bigger person and I won't, I'll make sure I don't post anything bad about them. I'll make sure that when I'm hanging out with some of my friends and they know who the person is too, I'll just make sure I won't say anything evil about them. That's what I'll do. And if I see them in the store, I'll smile, won't give them a hug, not even a Christian side hug. Maybe a handshake, depends on how I'm feeling that day. I might smile, man. 
And I'll just bite my tongue and I won't. I won't. And we think that's us loving our enemy. But our example is Jesus. Uh, and Jesus came down from heaven to earth to be near them, to be with them, to be in their world. As Christ's followers, we must commit ourselves to be with our enemies, which involves proximity and attentiveness. I told you this was a hard one. When's the last time someone mistreated you, talked bad about you, lied about you, and you thought, you know what, I need to get into their world. I need, I need, to, I need, to, I need to take them to dinner. It's quiet today. You got love like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He, he laid down his life. How about this? This is what, the, and I'm, I'm just trying to help us understand the context and the agape. How about this? We long for and work toward the good of our enemy. Now, I know some of you are sitting there like, dude, this is way too far. I know that's why I was wrestling with it all week. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't sit around thinking, man, how can I just bless these people? I wonder what they want for Christmas this year. I should get that for them. That, that's what I should do. To long for and work toward the good of your enemy. Jesus understands the heart of humanity. And he understands when he makes this statement. Listen, Jesus is the best preacher ever. I get it. He said this. Heard the command? Love your enemy, hate your neighbor. But I say to you, love your enemies. And he saw the look on their face. And he thought, I better give them something practical to do right now. Here's where you can start. Pray for them. You're having a hard time with that statement, love your enemies, agape your enemies, like go the distance, unconditional love, be in their world, seek for the good of them. You're having a hard time? Okay, I get that, so let me just give you a next practical step that will revolutionize your heart and will revolutionize the atmosphere and you'll begin to change and they'll begin to change and you'll begin to love them the way I love them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Because we, we as Christians either believe in the power of prayer or we don't. We either believe that prayer changes things or, or we don't. And Jesus saw their faces and says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Next step, I know it's hard for you to swallow. I want you to pray, pray for them. Oh, okay, so we don't even need to like, like we don't even need to see them. No, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to agape them. I know I'm not asking you to tolerate them. But I know this, that if you begin to pray for them, It'll change your heart, 
and it'll change the situation. So what, what do we pray? Wrapping it up here. What do we pray? What do we pray? I just, I just thought through some ideas and it's, no, like, it's not like these are scriptures, but it's just, I started thinking about how, how can we pray for our enemy? Uh, first, one, first one is this, is how about this? Pray for their salvation. If, if God is willing that none should perish and all should come into a relationship with him, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that, that's the love of God, then maybe we should just pray in that vein. Like, just start there. Like, but I'll be honest with you, that's not usually my first prayer. When I'm mistreated. Oh, we pray for our enemy, all right. God of vengeance. I seek you today. And I pray that you would smite them so they would be smitten and smote. And Jesus, you know, like, I don't even know if those are words, but it just came to me. It was a powerful prayer, and it sounded good in my mind, okay? And maybe I've prayed it before. I don't know. I mean, you're looking around, where's Johnny today? He's smitten. Yeah, I don't know. Smote, smot, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Smite him. You know, like, come on. I, you prayed a prayer like that. You know you have. I know I have. I prayed some prayers like that. Like, God, just, just get them. God, show them how wrong they are. Show them how demonically filled they are and evil. And gosh, Lord, just like, you, like, like burn them up with fire just for a moment and then bring them back to life. But God, do something. Yeah. Some of you are like, how does he know my prayers? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Pray. How about this? Pray for their salvation. Lord, I pray you'd save them. I pray you'd minister to them. I pray they'd come to the place of knowing you as their Lord and Savior. And they'd be radically different. There's a thought. There's a thought. How about this one? How about, how about uh, pray their actions would be restrained? I mean, if you're going to pray, let's pray prayers that God will answer. Right? Like, I doubt God's going to smite anybody because you prayed it. But, Lord, Lord, I pray that, God, the, the evil they have planned, that, God, you would just hold it back. God, I pray that what's in their heart, Lord, God, you, they would not be able to fulfill that. They would not be able to walk that out and not be able to, to do that. I pray that the evil things that they have uh, like, like they've been saying, and that, Lord, you would just stop it. You just stop it. God could do that. God, would, God hears that prayer. I, I look at it this way. Uh, how many of you guys know the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Six of you. Wow, all right. It's great. You missed Sunday school? All right. We'll cover that in 2024. Um, and the prayer that's prayed and, and the, the, I, that the mouths of the lions didn't even get to Daniel. So I'll use that analogy and I'll pray that sometimes. Lord, I pray that, God, the, the things that somebody has set up for me to do me harm, that, God, you would shut those mouths and it would not consume me in Jesus' mighty name. What about praying for their salvation? What about praying that the intentions, the actions, the things that they want to do would be uh, restrained? What about this? What about, and you got to hear this one, what about pray that justice will prevail? Now, here's the thing you need to understand that one, on that one. <clears throat> God's justice more oftentimes looks different than your justice. 
Because again, and we talked about this last week, when we're praying for justice to prevail, too oftentimes what we're really doing is praying for revenge to take place. That's really what we're praying. In our minds, we're saying, God, just let justice prevail. In our minds, we've already worked out what justice looks like. And, and, and really what it looks like is revenge. Like that person that stole money from me, God, I pray justice would be What we're thinking is, I pray everything they have would be taken from them. But what if we just sought the heart of Jesus and, and said, Lord, let justice, your justice. And, and let me just tell you something. You want his justice to rule in your life. And so if you pray for his justice to rule in somebody else's life, it'll rule in yours as well. Worship team, come on up. What would happen? Here's my challenge to us in the last four weeks. It's my challenge. To me as well. So as we enter this Christmas season, as we wrap up 2023, who are those who have offended you, mistreated you, persecuted you, lied about you, and hurt you? Here's my challenge. I want you to agape them. I want you to love them. And here's where you can start. Every day over the last four weeks of 2023, pray for them. Write their names down, put them in your Bible. Every time you go into that quiet place to read your Bible, and pray, just pull that out and say, I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to pray for these people. Listen, it's not, it's not on you to fix things. Hear what I'm saying. Some of us think, well, I just need to go fix everything and make everything right now. No, no, God wants your heart fixed and your heart to be right. And if you can get to that place where you can be like, I can pray for those people. And you start praying for those people, I've seen it happen time and time and time and time again. God begins to change your heart and God begins to change the atmosphere and the circumstance. Listen, I'm not saying you're gonna be best friends. That's not what this verse is about. It's like, it, can you be in a place in your heart where you can say, I love them. I can be in the same room without doing anything. To love like Jesus did. So as you stand to your feet, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for God, these messages that we've been wrestling with as a church and God going through together. Lord, I, I know that we all in this room know what it's like to face hurt, to face pain, to face disappointment with others, maybe even to face some persecution, some lies that have been spoken about us. And God, what we know what it is to, to be like, I'm done there. I'll tolerate them. I'll be cordial to them when we're in the same room. But I ain't gonna love. Lord, I pray you'd search our heart. I pray, God, that as we leave this place, we would wrestle with a young person, old person, everyone in this room. Just do me a favor, just close your eyes. This is what I wanna do. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for some honest people. You're in this room. And, and you've been tolerating some enemies. 
You've been tolerating, but if you're honest, you haven't been loving your enemies. Co-workers, physical neighbors, ministry team members, someone sitting across the room from you right now, family members, people in your past, past pastors, your current pastor, whoever it might be. You want to be a child of God? Do this. Do this. Love. 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 And you're here right now, you'd be honest, and you'd say, man, there's some people in my life that I've been tolerating, and I, I, man, man, as you've been preaching, Pastor, I know exactly who it is, and I need to let go, and I need to love, and I need to get to that place of agape. I need to get to that place where I'm loving like Jesus told me to love. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. You just shoot your hand in there so that's you. Come on, you be honest. Thank you. Somebody else, come on, be honest. My hand's up. My list might be longer than your list, but I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to become a better child of God. So, Lord, I pray right now for those whose hands are raised that are here saying, man, that's me. That's me. God, I pray that today that, Lord, you would fill them with your love. God, I pray that you fill them with your grace. I pray that you'd fill them with all the ability to go and do what they need to do. Lord, God, to demonstrate. Lord, I pray they would start with that prayer. God, they'd pray. And as they pray, God, their heart would begin to change. And they begin to see you work circumstances out that they never thought would work out in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, I'm going to have some of the small group leaders come on up, some of our pastors come up. If you need more prayer today, you're here and you're like, man, I, I need prayer for exactly what, what Pastor talked about. Or I need something else. Something else going on in my life. I need a miracle. We've been seeing miracles take place. I need healing in my body. Oh, man, it's the last four weeks, and I want to see it in 20. I, there's somebody here, and you feel like God spoke something to you at the beginning of the year, and you haven't seen it fulfilled. God wants to fulfill it in 2023. I believe that. We want to partner with you. We want to pray with you. God bless. Have an amazing week. Uh, ministry team, be here tomorrow night. You want to know more about the ministry team, I'm here. Love to talk to you about it. Come back next Sunday, Christmas Sunday. Kids performance. going to be awesome. God bless. Have an amazing week. You need prayer. Come on up. we got some people love to pray for you.